sa Alabao. It's the What's It All About show with your host, Al Roberts. Let's get ready to rumble! everyone doing welcome to the what's it all about mma show here on jmaradio.co.uk this is episode 39 um you're here with me al roberts hope everyone's keeping all right this week hope you're about to have a good week hope you've had a good week whenever you're listening to this whether it be the monday night at 11 p.m or it be thursday at 1 p.m or 11 p.m whichever whichever time you listen to it or if you listen to it on spotify itunes pocket cast all those sort of social media outlets and um yeah hope everyone's having a good week man um you have to bear with us today i've got a bit of a bad ear a bit of an ear infection so i'm a little bit hard of hearing and yeah it's it, my voice doesn't sound exactly the best and my mic's playing up so bear with me this week but uh yeah hope everyone's having a good week man i really do uh big shout out to uh timmy's bar and kitchen as always supplying uh the community with some amazing delicious healthy food Go check them out if you're in the Carlisle area in the UK. Also, um, they've got a shop online. Uh, go follow them on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. So, yeah, and massive thanks to JMA Radio, as always, for the format and the platform. Um, and JMA Occasions, as always, as well. Uh, but, yeah, um, not much. I haven't really got much to talk about this week. I'm not going to lie. I really haven't. Um, Basically, there's sort of three things I want to talk about this week. One, the absolutely quality, absolutely amazing fight night we just had at the weekend, which was headlined by Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. What a, what a fight night that was, man. Like, so many good fights, so many knockouts. It was great. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, we got, this week in MMA history, uh, we have got UFC 95 from back in February the 21st in 2009. This is one of my favorite all-time events. I absolutely love watching. I, I rewatch this event a good couple of times a year. It's it's just a fun event to talk about, um, and I, I, in my opinion, it had a lot of impacts on me and and the sport at that time. And we're going to talk a little bit about next week's fight night, which is fun, just full of fun, friendly fights in every way. There's so many fun little fights on next weekend. I'm um, really looking forward to that event. But yeah, uh, but yeah. Let's dive right in. Uh, this past weekend, we had a fight night that was headlined by Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades. I just want to go, we're just going to have to start with the main event, man. Um, Derek Lewis knocking um, knocking Curtis Blades out in the second round with a brutal uppercut and just slept him. Jesus Christ, what a knockout. Derek Lewis is just not to be fucked with. Her. Um, yeah, it, this I'll be honest, I, I, it's no shocker now. I'm I'm not right all the time. I'm really not. 
Um, I thought Curtis Blades. I thought I still think actually uh, Curtis Blades is one of the biggest threats in that heavyweight division by far. The guy's only losses are prior to this fight were two knockout losses to Francis Ngannou, who's the African KO machine and fighting for the title pretty soon as well. Um, yeah, he, he, everyone else in that division, he has TKO'd, ground and pounded, or wrestle-fucked the daylights out of. And I thought going into this fight, I thought it would be no different to the way he treated Derek Lewis. I thought he was just going to, 30 seconds into that fight, he was going to shoot that takedown, get Derek Lewis down, and grind him out for five rounds if needs be. Now, on the other hand, Curtis Blades looked fucking good standing. He was, in my opinion, picking, he was picking Derek Lewis apart. His boxing looked crisp. He looked good. He looked patient. Throwing some good leg kicks in there as well. He he, he just looked like he had a good format to, you know, take his time, wear Derek Lewis down, and then shoot for the takedown, get him down, and just repeat that process over and over again. If Lewis gets back up, pick him apart again, boom. Blast double leg, get him down, single leg, get him down, and grind him out. I honestly thought that would be exactly how that fight went. First round, Curtis Blades took the round clean. I thought he looked I thought he looked the best stand-up maybe he's ever looked. Patient, crisp, combinations, leg kicks. You couldn't ask for anything more. Then in the second round, he just shoots in on what I can only describe as a very high, lazy takedown. And Lewis just throws this absolute uppercut of death and sleeps him. Gives him two more shots on the ground. He's out. He was Don't get me wrong, he was out before he hit the ground. I just don't think Herb Dean was quite uh, quite quick enough to get in there and stop the other two shots. But uh, Derek Lewis now holds uh, joint most knockouts in UFC with 12. Um, top of that list to him and Brazilian legend and TRT destroyer uh Vito Belfort them two are the two top guys who've got the most knockouts in UFC history Derek Lewis is he's one of them guys who uh man he, he's he's made a career of making of coming back in rounds two and three after getting quite bluntly beat if not beat the shit out of and just landing some uncalled for KO punch you know what I mean? Like he, that guy has made a, a career out of this. He just he has some crazy power in his hands and just lands. He's it's crazy, man. Like Derek Lewis, though. I don't know anyone who can't like Derek Lewis. The guy's entertaining. He's funny. He's blunt. He's he fight. He knocks people the fuck out in every fight, pretty much as well. Right, the guy. The guy's. He's just a fan favourite on the whole of things. He really is. Um, yeah, I mean, the big question, I think, at the minute is what's next with Derek Lewis? What I love about Derek Lewis is even in his post-fight presser, he was very, very clear, very clear how he doesn't want a five-round fight next. He wants a three-round fight. He's called out over him, which I think's, you know, it's a good shout. It really is. I mean, yeah, Derek Lewis is on a um, four-fight win streak. You know what I mean? Uh, beat Ivanov, uh, Latifi, uh, Olyanik, and Blades. Like, two out of four KO slash TKOs. Um, yeah. The, guy, the, guy's, the guy's put some wins together 
over the years. He really has. The guy's a knockout artist. He's all out forward, forward, well, all out forward knockout. That's all he goes for. Now, I don't know, like, like personally, yeah, I think I think Overeem's maybe got one more fight in him, realistically. Uh, and why not Derek Lewis? I say put him in as a co-main event. I like the fact that Derek Lewis doesn't want a five-round fight. Just wants a three-round brawl. Love that. But nothing against that whatsoever. Um, on the other side to that, what do you do next with Curtis Blades? I mean, Curtis Blades was ranked like number two in the division before this fight. I don't know, man. You can't you can't really do out. But he's gonna have to stay in there with the with the with the higher ranked guys to say the least. Like the guys just lost his number two spot. I think Curtis Blades still ragdolls everyone else in that division, to be honest. The guy's wrestling superb. I just I just think in this fight he went for a very, very ill fated, lazy, sloppy takedown and paid the price with a fucking via a vicious uppercut from Lewis, man. Like it is what it is. You can't really do out about it. But um I still think Blades seriously demolishes half of that division. I really do. He's a serious he's still a serious threat to that division to say the least. But yeah, great. I, I was absolutely, yeah, I was happy to eat my own words on that one. I honestly thought Curtis Blades would have went in that fight and wrestle fuck Derek Lewis for five rounds and just wore him down and yeah. So yeah, very happy to be wrong. Love to see Derek, really happy just to see Derek Lewis get such a mint knockout, to be honest. Massive fan of Derek Lewis. So yeah, but yeah, great main event. Uh, co-main event, another one. This was another one where I got very much proven wrong. Um, Yana Kutik. Kutitskaya versus uh, Ketlin Vieira. Ketlin Vieira is, is a, a dominant grappler. She really is. She's a big girl for women's bantamweight. Yana Kutitskaya, I've always thought, is just sort of a bit mid-range fighter. Nothing. She Even in this fight, she didn't... The last couple of fights, she hasn't showed anything extraordinary, but she's ground out wins. Um... She very much uses a lot of cage, cage clinch and cage pr- pressure, uh, but on the ground, man, she did she did well against Vieira, who's a fucking good grappler. Very lackluster fight in a lot of ways, but yeah, uh, Yana Kutakaya, I thought she was just going to get jujitsued to high hell and submitted, to be honest. But no, she she proved she had good grappling and she ground the fight out and got it. Like all credit to her, to be honest, like. Yeah, wax her right in that. Wax her right in the mix of uh, women's bantamweight division. It really does. We had um, a featherweight. Charles Rosa got absolutely dominated by Derek Miner. Oh, Derek. No, sorry, Derek Minner. Uh, Derek Minner's jiu-jitsu is fucking legit. Legit as fuck. Um, yeah, Charles Rosa is a good grappler, man. He's a great, great wrestling. Uh, got a great wrestling pedigree. Not a bad striker by any means. Derek Minna is is legit as fuck. He reminds me a lot of Bryce Mitchell, uh, who's another real up and coming featherweight who also has a, a dominant jiu jitsu performance over Charles Rosa. Uh, Derek Minna, yeah, I want to see Derek Minna versus even Ryan Hall or Bryce Mitchell. That's you know what I mean. Don't get me wrong though, Minna in this fight did not have bad stand up man. I think he dropped Rosa once or twice and really rocked him, which is great to see. Well, yeah, man, I'm very excited to see uh, see Minna fight again. Really, I'm, I want to see him fight another legit jits guy in that division, which you've got fucking take your pick at featherweight. There's a lot of great grapplers in that division. 
We had uh, Alexi Olyanik getting KO'd by Chris Dorcas. Chris Dorcas has looked damn good in his last couple of fights, man. He's he's definitely uh definitely on a good run. Uh Alexi Olyanik's what in his in his forties. The guy's got an incredible record of 59, 15, and 1. He's got, like, 12 different submit types of submission on his record. He's got, like, some of that, like, double figures in Ezekiel chokes, in which I've seen him get them from being mounted. Guy's a, a legend of the sport. Like, he really is, and he's fought forever. He's fought, I think it's him and over him, who are still fighting now, who've fought since 1999, over, you know, multiple decades. Uh, but Chris Dorcas looks legit, man. Like, that guy's got... He's not a big, big heavyweight either. He's in that same sort of category as sort of, he likes a steep air. Um, he's maybe, you know, 235, 240, but he sees speed and his ferocity. The guy's legit, man. I think he's going to be a serious uh, threat. Uh, we've got middleweight. We saw Phil Hawes um, getting, a, getting a great decision win over uh, Nasodine Imavov. Um, I thought Imovov looked good. He just got put on the back foot and outpowered. There were some moments in this where Imovov rocked Phil Hawes, but Phil Hawes is a powerful, powerful middleweight, man. His last knockout looked fucking scary good. It was like a 30-second knockout on one of the cards. Um, I think it was late last year. Um, yeah, I like I liked that. <laughs> even in a loss, you know someone's good where even in a loss they look good. I thought Imovov... Just got out outstrengthed and put on his back foot a bit and pinned against the cage. But he had Phil Hawes hurt a good couple of times with some real flashy combos. And yeah, I like him him involved. I'd like to see him fight again. But Phil Hawes looking like a legit guy, man. But yeah, I think he maybe Yeah, I think he maybe thought he, Phil Hawes seems the sort of guy who goes in there and knocks people the fuck out in a round. And you can see in this that he had to really, he, he had to grind out a decision. But uh, yeah, both of these guys, man, I'm excited to see fight again, which is a sign of a damn good fight. It was a good fight, man. I really enjoyed that fight. Uh, we saw um, UK prospect Tom Aspinall fighting out of uh, Liverpool, same camp as Darren Till. Um, round two submission against uh, UFC and MMA legend Andre Vlosky. Uh, yeah, just Ada Vlosky hurt in the first round. Aspinall is so quick for a heavyweight, man. Which brings me to the next point. Tom Aspinall said he wanted someone else, another heavyweight on this with a win on this card. Tom Aspinall versus Chris Dorcas works for me, personally. It really does. Like, I'm, I'm well on board for that. I think them two, both very good strikers. But Tom Aspinall in this fight, round two, shot in on a, on a blasted a double leg on Oblosky, slipped around to his back and just whacked in the rear naked choke. Like, no one, no one's seen that coming. It wasn't until I watched the build-up that I realised that Tom Aspinall's dad is his jiu-jitsu coach. So this guy blatantly, blatantly has some some secret jiu-jitsu worked into his game that we've just seen this weekend. And Man, he looked fucking good. He really did. It was good to see. Really good to see. Um, but yeah, I think he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Um, I talked. I talked to a few friends about it, saying, "Is it too soon to, you know, dive on the hype train as this guy as a as a future champion with years to come?" And maybe it is too soon, but at the same time, I I generally think this guy could be a serious threat in heavyweight. I think him versus Darkus would be an absolute 
Um, absolute barn burner of a fight. Both very, very good strikers. Both good, good sized guys for the division. And obviously now we've just seen that Aspinall does not have a shit ground game. He, he's got a he's a, got a very quick, crafty game on of jiu-jitsu. So yeah, uh, but yeah, prelims. Prelims were just KO central. Like everyone was getting knocked out on the prelim card this weekend. Fucking brilliant. Um, Jerry Gordon against Danny Chavez headlined the prelims. Jerry Gordon's one of those guys who just he stay he just stays around. Very, I think he's well rounded. I think he's got he's got good hands. He's, I think he's got good wrestling as well, which he showed in this fight. Jerry Gordon got a brilliant decision win over Danny Chavez. Danny Chavez is a fucking quick, a very quick striker. Um, he's impressed me in his last fight as well, and in this one, I think he just got he just got bullied a bit and pressured a bit, and Jared Gordon put it on him and shot for the right takedowns at the right time, pressured him, and Danny Chavez looked tired in this third round, and Jared Gordon just wore him down. Uh, Jared Gordon's one of those guys that like he's around, man. Like he's 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 still knocking about, and yeah, man, he's put some good wins together in this last year or two. Yeah, aye, right, good decision win. Solid, real solid performance of Jared Gordon. I think he needs to start. The, I think I think I'd like to see Jared Gordon go up and fight some higher ranked guys. Uh, bantamweight, we saw uh, ex WEC bantamweight champion and general all round veteran of MMA Eddie Wineland, guy who I really like. I've always liked watching him fight. Um, he looked good in this fight until you know end of round one got cracked with a real like. Almost step away right hand off uh, John Castaneda and just got absolutely pummeled, man. Like, he got John Castaneda's young guy coming up. He cracked him with a real good, it was even a step, sort of step away left or right hand, rocked Wineland and then just unloaded a combo on him and just, yeah, uh, dropped him, finished him with strikes on the ground. Eddie Wineland's a guy who's about 36 year old. He fights. Every so often, he's coming off a, a bad knockout loss against uh, Sean O'Malley last year. It's a tough one, man. Like, it's my, like, we're at that point where we're seeing this whole generation of fighters come, like, still fighting at the minute, which I'm all about. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't, I hate talking about should they, shouldn't they retire. I think when you're getting knocked out multiple times on the row, in a row, that's when it's time to really start considering your health and your future. Um, I like Wineland. I've always enjoyed watching his fights. I think the guy's a dog. I love his style, that herky-jerky sort of old-school boxing style. He does look like your 1920s bare-knuckle boxer fighting on the cobbles. He does have that appearance. I like his style. He he, he scraps, but that's two, that's two pretty vicious knockouts on the belt against him, so I don't know what's next, really. I don't know. Curious to see what's next. But, um, but yeah, John Castaneda, though, me like he he landed. he had some killing instinct in this fight. He clobbered Eddie Wineland in this fight. So that kid looked good, man. Very good. Uh, another fe featherweight fight. We had uh, late, uh Nate Lauder. Uh, then there's Julian Arosa. Julian Arosa. These two boys went fucking head hunting with each other. Early bells. First round. End of the first round. About a minute to go. Julian Arosa just unloaded a flying knee. Dropped Nate Lauder. There's there's a bit of con people, Nate, um, disputed the knockout, 
the way Arosa landed that knee was flush. The way Nate fell was pretty fucking horrific. And the ref dived in and stopped it. I think, personally, the ref saved... I'm not saying Nate uh, Lando was out. I don't think he was. But I think he was in serious trouble. And I think Arosa would have unloaded the high hell on him when he was half done and, and knocked him out clean. I think the ref did the right thing saving him. But it was a beautiful flying knee. Absolutely beautiful flying knee. Uh, Julian Arosa... Fucking, he's looked damn good in his last couple of fights, man. He really has, and I, I like watching that guy fight. I think he's a very fucking technical fighter, very good striker. Nate Lord is tough as fuck, man. It, he just comes in and wars with people, but you can't be doing that with these technical kickboxers, man. They're so pinpoint accurate, technical, and they they get you hurt. They're going to fuck you up, quite frankly. Um, but no, looking forward to see uh, a Rosa fight again, if I'm being honest. Um, women's flyweight, Shayna Dodson got uh, ground and pounded the fuck through by Casey O'Neill. Uh, Casey O'Neill's fighting out of Australia, but apparently she's originally from Scotland. Um, so that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. To, it was weird. I didn't expect it to have a Scottish accent when we... She's got a weird hybrid Australian-Scottish accent. But, man, this chick looked good, man. This girl looked really fucking good. Um, really ground out Shayna Dodson. Beat the shit out of her on the ground as well, man. Her ground pounds is relentless. Her jiu-jitsu is very good as well. Um, just her movement, a lot of movement in the mount, um, a lot of half-guard work, just really, really solid groundwork from what I've seen. She's 6-0 and undefeated as well. Uh, but yeah, really impressed with Casey O'Neill. Looking forward to seeing her fight again at Women's Flyweight. Uh, one of the best, the best knockout of the night, in my opinion, actually. This tops the Derek Lewis fight. Uh, Eamon Zahabi. So, Eamon Zahabi is the younger brother of Faraz Zahabi, who is GSP's coach. Um, this kid fucking threw a right hand down the line against Draco Rodriguez that slept him. It was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant knockout. Um, this was only like the early, early prelims of the night, but man, what a fucking knockout this was. Absolutely beautiful. I hasn't had enough attention off this weekend, this knockout, so I'm, I'm putting it on putting it on warning now, like, it was a fucking knockout, um, beautiful right hand down the pipe, that landed flush, dropped Draco Rodriguez out cold, pretty much, um, opening night, fight of the night, I didn't actually see, but seeing the, seeing the results, which was, uh, Sergei Spivak, uh, beat the shit out of, uh, Jared Vandera, in, I believe, the second round by ground and pound, from what I've read, I didn't see the fight, but apparently it was a pretty vicious finish, so, but yeah, great, proper great night, great night of fights, man. It was just fun as fuck. Um, really enjoyed Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis just showing that you can't play games. Um, you can't play games shooting in at shitty takedowns when someone's got that much of an absolute death punch. Very impressed with that, uh, Derek Minner. Really want to see him again. Like That guy's jiu-jitsu is fucking awesome. Uh, Chris Dorcas looking very good against a, a chiseled veteran. Um, Phil Hawes and Imovov, I enjoyed both of those fighters in their fight against each other. Tom Aspinall beating another legend of the sport. So I think we need to see Aspinall versus Dorcas. I think that fight sounds really good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of takeaways from this, man. Like, there's so much, so many knockouts, like, you know what I mean? The first, I think the first like five, first five fights of the night were all knockouts or TKOs. Then 
on the main card, we had a knockout a submission. No, two knockouts, a submission, three decisions. Man, it was fucking packed, this fight card, man. Absolutely packed with finishes. But uh, yeah, great. I really enjoyed it. Really thought it was one of the funner fight nights we've had recently. Yeah, uh, massive, massive shout out to Derek Lewis and that fucking hellish uppercut. And whether he likes it or not, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to take on a pretty big contender next. But I'd like to see him versus Overeem. I think that's a mint fight to say the least. Really mint fight. So this next next segment has basically become one of my favourite things to do in this show. It honestly has. Um, I started doing the odd one here and there, and it's something I'm going to try and do like sort of weekly, just to fill in. Basically, it's a good little filler. And it gives me a chance to talk about sort of the the best events over the years that have really stuck with me. Um, so this week in MMA history, we're going to talk about UFC 95, Sanchez versus Stevenson. Uh, this event happened on February 21st, 2009 at the O2 Arena in London. Um, this is just one of those events that is just, I absolutely love watching. Um, the whole fight is full, the whole card, sorry, is full of finishes. Um, it has some great great names on it some of my all-time favorite fighters i've even got i've actually got a po signed poster of this um in my house like that's how much i absolutely love this event um but yeah it was uh headlined by uh diego sanchez and joe stevenson at lightweight um who just put on this incredible vintage diego sanchez uh war Basically, just unbelievably good, unbelievably good fight. Just unbelievable. Um, Diego Sanchez in his prime, man, was a fucking animal. Like, just an absolute animal. Just fearless. Didn't give a fuck about getting punched. Like, I've never known anyone to win so many fights by taking damage. Like, it's insane. Like, go and watch Diego Sanchez's fights with the likes of Martin Campman, where, uh, where he just got pummeled. And still came back and won. Um, even his losses in in wars against the likes of Jake Ellenberger, uh, oh, Gilbert Melendez, um, yeah, like I think it was uh, it was after this fight that I believe he went on to fight for the title against BJ Penn and got he got decimated in that fight. To be fair, but yeah, vintage Diego Sanchez, man, and Joe Stevenson in his day was a fucking don as well. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Joe Stevenson fights. Um, Joe Stevenson, I don't know if anyone's seen it. Um, if you ever watched the program Kingdom on Netflix, which is an MMA show, Joe Stevenson is in that. He was basically like the choreographer for that show. Um, also plays a small role in there. Uh, but yeah, man, big fan of Joe Stevenson growing up as well. Like he he was he was a guy who won he won the second season of the Ultimate Fighter. Diego Sanchez obviously winning the first season of the Ultimate Fighter. Um, yeah, both guys in the prime just going at it. Great headliner, great main event, great fight, man. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Um, yeah, I'm a massive fan of Diego Sanchez and Joe Stevenson. Looking back on this event, like, I'll get to some more names in a minute. Like, this whole event was fucking crazy, man. Like, I, I, I'm proper, yeah, just proper nostalgic reading, reading through sort of the, the fights on the card and how they went. Um, the co-main event was an up-and-coming Dan Hardy against uh, Rory Markham. This was one of the best. This is still to this day one of my favourite knockouts of all time. This put Dan Hardy on the map. Dan Hardy came to the UFC at this point. He'd had, um, he'd had a good few fights. Like I think he'd had like maybe... He might have only had one or two fights at this point. Maybe one. 
Um, I think he debuted against Akihiro Gono, Pride uh, legend, in a sort of lackluster decision, and then this fight just put him put him on on the radar of everyone. It's one of the best counter left hook knockouts you'll ever see in your life. Just Rory Markham throws this absolute slugger of an overhand right, and it just misses Dan Hardy's face, and he just counters with this absolutely beautiful on the mark left hook and floors Markham, dives on top of him, gives him two more, ref stops it. It's one of the best knockouts you'll ever see. Um, speaking of Dan Hardy, like I love Dan Hardy. I really do. I think every every UK MMA fan is a huge fan of Dan Hardy. He is talking about coming back for one more fight and all that, but that's a different subject altogether. I don't I don't know what's going down with that. But Dan Hardy Dan Hardy is a hell of was a was and probably still is one hell of a good striker, man. He's a great striker, very technical, and had way more pop on his punches than people realised. But that knockout of Rory Markham was incredible, man. I remember Rory Markham was coming off a, an absolutely amazing, amazing head kick knockout um, for this fight. I'm trying to think who he knocked out. Um, bear with me. Brody, Brody Farber, that was it. Um, yeah, I remember him landing this beautiful, beautiful head kick knockout over Brody Farber. Then he went on to fight Dan Hardy and just got, for lack of a better word, slept. It was unbelievable. It really was like, yeah, but Dan Hardy, man, absolute legend of the sport, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Dan Hardy went on after this fight, I think, to fight. He fought um, Marcus Davis, Mike Swick, and then fought for the title against GSP, but sadly just got completely outworked by GSP and out-wrestled in every every which way. Um, yeah, it is what it is, but yeah, that knockout, Dan Hardy's uh, knockout in that fight was absolutely incredible, man. It really put him on the map as one of the top contenders at welterweight at that time. Um, we had uh, another middleweight bout between two other two more guys who I was a massive fan of coming up, massive fan. Um, Nate Marquardt and Wilson Govea. Uh, this was like a Tekken combo. I'm pretty sure it was like a flying knee, uh, those head kicks, spinning back fists. Um, yeah, Nate Marquardt basically just threw this Tekken combo at Wilson Govea and just, you know, I think it was the third round and just, yeah, knocked him out. TKO'd him to say the least. I think the last, last strikes were like knee and punches, but, uh, yeah, I, I remember, I remember thoroughly enjoying that fight, man. Um, I was a big fan of Wilson Govea. I think Wilson Govea was one of those guys who was a massive underachiever. The guy had really good jujitsu, good boxing. Um, Really struggled to make middleweight um, weight cuts. It was an ex-light heavyweight at one point. Um, it was one of them, man. Like I've, I've really enjoyed watching Wilson go there fight. I mean, the guy, I don't think the guy's fought in probably about 10 years, to be honest, to say the least. Um, he, had, um, he had a bit of an unlucky, unlucky run through the end of his UFC tenure. Then I think he went on to fight a couple of times sort of outside the UFC. Yeah, uh, but Wilson Govea in his day, he had some great wins in the UFC, some unbelievable knockouts. Um, yeah, interesting, man. But uh, Inverse and Nate Marquardt was a quality fight to watch. Check it out for Nate Marquardt's Tekken combo finish. Unreal. We had uh, Damian Meyer and Chael Sonnen, two more of my big favourites. Uh, Damian Meyer Damian submitted Chael Sonnen one of the best sort of lateral throws into into mount into a 
triangle choke to get the tap. Again, two abs. It's just this whole card is just stacked full of just crazy, crazy names that went on to do amazing things in the sport. Uh, but yeah, Damian Meyer still fighting today. Chael Sonnen, obviously one of the biggest personalities in the sport and someone who I watch on the regular. I always like to hear his opinions on pretty much anything. But yeah, Damian Meyer, great takedown into a submission. Uh, one of the best, one of the best um, throws into a submission setups you'll ever see in MMA, in my opinion. It's one of my favorite submissions of all time. We had um, this was one of my favorites of the night. We had a Brazilian newcomer Paulo Thiago knocking knocking out Josh Koscheck with a beautiful uppercut left hook counter. I hated Josh Koscheck at this point. Um, I had a weird relationship with Josh Koscheck as a fan because I was a fan in my own right. Um, I hated Josh Koscheck. I could not stand the man, but I watched every one of his fights. Very much with the same. It's the same relationship I have with Conor McGregor. I don't like Conor McGregor at all. I think he's a knob. But on the whole of things, I always watch his fights. He entertains me. He keeps me involved in the sport. Josh Koscheck was the same. I didn't like Josh Koscheck at all. Couldn't stand him. But I always watched his fights to see if he'd lose. On that matter, for that matter though, Josh Koscheck in his prime was a fucking beast. He was a destroyer in every way, shape, and form. The guy had great wrestling. Great, great wrestling. On top of that, he all of a sudden he picked up sort of a very, very powerful overhand right that he used repeatedly on people. He never really, I don't think he really ever knocked out any big strikers, but he used that heavy right hand to really set up some great takedowns in a lot of his fights. Paulo Thiago was a basically a special forces police in Brazil. Um, very, very good jiu-jitsu practitioner. Has an absolutely amazing finish over Mike Swick. Where he dropped Mike Swick and then Das choked him. What one absolute incredible finish. Um, but yeah, man, that was just great to see. You had this new guy coming in, Josh Koscheck, who was a real mainstay at that point. I mean, Josh Koscheck at that point looked like sort of top contender to say the least. I think he'd um he'd only really lost to like George St. Pierre, Thiago Alves. Um, that was about it, really. They were like the only big names he'd lost to. Um, but even then, after after losing to Paul Thiago, he went on like a killing spree, got a title shot again. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I um, loved watching Josh Koscheck knock that, get knocked out. We had, uh, on the prelims, we had Terry Etim, who was a Liverpool standout um, UK fighter coming out of Team Cowbon, which is Darren Till's camp. Terry Etim still coaches there, that I know of. Terry Etim was a fucking good fighter in his prime, man. Really good fighter. He got. I remember him getting beautiful head kick and punches against Brian Cobb. Um, yeah, Terry Etim, another guy who I think he's most famously known for getting wheel kicked by Edson Barboza, but that guy had some incredible fights in the UFC and had some incredible wins and fought some really good fucking people as well. Uh, Terry Etim was legit as fuck until he sort of uh, fell off, really. Um, I mean, last time Terry Etim fought was probably, yeah, I'll just check there, 2013. Um, shame. It's a real shame. Um, yeah, I think a lot happened in his personal life. Um, I know he had a bit of a bad do or two, but the guy, the guy, Terry Etim, I loved watching Terry Etim fight, man. Really big fan of Terry Etim. Uh, we had a very young junior Dos Santos knocking out Stefan Struve. Uh, Stefan Struve just retired this week officially. Uh, junior Dos Santos obviously is in this point of his career is, um, on quite a 
yeah, quite a quite a downward spiral of losses. But at this point, this was sort of catapulted Junior Santos even further up up the rankings and made him look again like I think I think this is only Junior Dos Santos maybe second or even third fight in the UFC. I honestly don't think he I think he barely fought. Yeah, I think it was his second fight. Um, this led on to sort of like you know he's and he went on about a six or seven fight win streak of just pretty much mainly knockouts of just destroying people to say the least. But uh, yeah, great knockout over Stefan Struve. We had Evan Dunham knocking out Per Eklund with a beautiful right hand. Another f- knockout that always sticks in my mind from this this event. Uh, Evan Dunham's retired now. Per Eklund, I couldn't even tell you what happened to Per Eklund. In, uh, in his MMA career, I really couldn't. Um, I'll just, in fact, I've just checked there. There you go. He had one more fight after that, and that Evan Dunham knockout and retired. So, yeah. Um, we had, yeah, Neil Grove got submitted by Mike Seasonal Seasonal Levix. I can't even remember that fight. And then the opening fight of the night was uh, Paul Telly's Kelly against Troy Mandalones. Uh, I remember Paul Kelly, I think he dominated that fight with wrestling, to say the least. I remember it being a proper good scrap. Troy Mandalones was one of those guys who was just tough as fuck. Tough, real tough Hawaiian guy who just went in there to scrap. Paul Kelly, tough scouser who just went in there to scrap. Underrated wrestling game as well, to be honest. Another guy came coming out of Team Cowbon. But uh, yeah, But yeah, that whole event, man. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Like, still to this day, one of my favourite events of all time. Um, yeah, everything from Diego Sanchez and Joe Stevenson, Dan Hardy's knockout, Nate Marquardt and his Tekken combo over Wilson Govea, Damian Meyer's beautiful submission choke over Chael Sonnen, uh, Paul Tiago knocking out Josh Koscheck, which I loved. Uh, we had Vintage Etim, Terry Etim knocking out Brian Cobb, June Dos Santos in his in his younger days, knocking out Stefan Struve. Incredible. Paul Kelly, Troy Mandalones, another war. Like, it's just awesome card, man. And this is the thing, this card had no, it had no championships on the line. It had no... Yeah, yeah, it, it was just one of those fights, fan-friendly fights, uh, fight cards that just had loads of competitive, fun fights on there that a lot of these guys went on to do great things in the, in the sport. Uh, Diego Sanchez went on to fight for a title not long after this fight. Um, Dan Hardy went on to fight for a title. Um, Damian Meyer went on to fight for a title. Paulo Thiago coming out of nowhere and knocking out one of the top guys in the division. Terry Etting went on to have a great great career. Junior Santos went on to fight to win the heavyweight title um, later on in his career. Stefan Struve had a, had a long, illustrious career in the UFC. Um, Paul Kelly's a strange one. I always feel like I need to mention this when it comes to Paul Kelly. Um, Paul Kelly actually went to jail for quite a long time for his involvement in um, gang activity with heroin, heroin um, dealing. He actually just got out last year, I believe. So it was, it was always, I was always quite, I always thought it was proper tragic. Like Paul Kelly was a hell of a good fighter, man. And yeah, man, like it's good to see he's out of jail. And I believe he's, he's back training and coaching and stuff like that. But, yeah, Paul Kelly was a hell of a good fighter in his day, man. I really enjoyed watching that guy. He was just a proper tough little British guy. Just proper hard as a coffin nail and just go in there and just scrap with anyone. And yeah, he had underrated boxing and underrated wrestling as well for a UK guy as well. But yeah, that's that's me with that one. Like, um, I, 
I remember the bonus awards. Diego Sanchez versus Joe Stevenson got fight of the night. Uh, Paulo Thiago actually got knockout of the night. And submission of the night, obviously, Damian Meyer. But, yeah, I absolutely loved this. I still this day, I can't express it enough. I absolutely loved this card, man. Loved it. Uh, still this day, I'll, I'll... Yeah. Stefan Struve made his debut in this event, in fact. So, yeah, it's one of those events I was absolutely chuffed to see that this was sort of... Um, I'd hit I'd just by chance caught it at the anniversary of it. You know what I mean? A lot has changed since 2009. But it's it's crazy how many of those fighters are still going today, who still have careers and are still making a making a go in MMA. And it's amazing some of the guys have moved on and retired or, you know, moved on to other things. Uh, a lot of, like, yeah, it's so nostalgic for me seeing that card and seeing how many just, like, my old school favourites are on there and even still guys who I'm still a massive fan now. But, yeah, cool as out. Honestly, just proper, proper love that event. I really do. It's one of my favourites. So, yeah, guys, if you've never seen it before, treat yourself. Go get yourself a free month's pass on Fight Pass. Um, I believe they do, like, a month's trial. Uh, go treat yourself to Fight Pass. Get on there. Watch that event. Just watch it from start to finish. Enjoy it. Take it in. And, uh, yeah, let me know what you think about it, man. So, I'm just going to finish this week's show off by just talking about next week's fight night, really. Um, there's a lot of fun little fights on this card, man. Um, yeah, it's 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 a fun-friendly fight fight card as always. Uh, there's a lot of lot of very interesting names and up and comers on this card, man. And yeah, uh, headlined by um, Jazinho Rosenstruck versus Cyril Cyril Gain. These two guys are heavyweight killers, man. These two guys are heavyweight knockout artists. Cyril Gain looks like like a, someone's. It's like a creator fighter on the UFC game at heavyweight. Someone's designed him just to smash people. Both guys are knockout artists. Both guys are big boys. Um, both guys are very, very, very good kickboxers as well. It's interesting as fuck. I'm, I'm really interested in that fight, man. Both guys could catapult them. I know Rosenstruck's in the top 10. Cyril Gaines really been an up-and-comer. But, yeah, very interested to see where this fight goes, man. Cyril Gaines has this... He's got um, some crafty submission skills, shall we say. And Rosenstruck just knocks people the fuck out. Very curious. Um, Co-main, light heavyweight. Uh, Nikita Krylov, who's a veteran of the sport, against uh, Magomed, Magomed Akalev. Um, Akalev coming off an absolute savage knockout of uh, Ion Kutalaba. Uh, Nikita Krylov, last time I remember him fighting, it was Glover, he fought Glover Teixeira to a decision. But uh, both these two guys will scrap. Krylov's got an underrated ground game. Uh, Akalev has got some fucking nasty knockout knockout ability. Both guys will go in there and scrap. I know they will. That's going to be a good fucking fight, man. Pedro Munoz against Jimmy Rivera. That, I'm calling it now. I'm telling you now. Fight of the night. I'm telling you. Both, Jimmy Rivera... Jimmy Rivera on his good on the best night is is world class. So is Pedro Munoz. Both guys. If neither of them take, I don't think any of them will. If neither of them take a step back in this fight, it will be fucking incredible. Uh, both have very good boxing. Both are good grapplers as well. Rivera is a very good wrestler. Munoz very good jujitsu and re, uh, jujitsu player and wrestler. It's anyone's fight. This fight. It honestly is like I think fight of the night for that one. I honestly do. 
unless someone starches the other one, I think if it goes three rounds, it'll be a fucking scrap. Uh, Angela Hill, Angela Overkill Hill, one of the most underrated women's fighters in UFC. She's fighting uh, Ashley Yoder. Uh, very good fight, that. Uh, Angela Hill is not to be fucked with, man. She's so underrated. She'll fight anyone, anytime as well, man. That girl will just scrap. She'll take any fight. Uh, UFC veteran Alex Caceres versus uh, Kevin Kroon. Caceres is one of them guys who just, he turns up, he fights, man. He's a flashy, crazy flashy kung fu striker. You're going to see something flashy from him. Yeah, very, I always enjoy watching that guy fight, man. Uh, Alexander Hernandez versus Thiago Moises. This will be an amazing fight as well. Alexander Hernandez at one point was seen as a real up-and-coming prospect until he ran into, oh, he ran into Cowboy Cerrone and got, he got, yeah, he got his ass whooped by Cowboy. And he got knocked out by some, uh, Drew Dober put a beating on him, but he looked, he looked revive, revived in his last fight against uh, Gushi. Gush, I can't remember the guy's name. But it was one of my favourite knockouts of last year, in, uh, Hernandez's last fight. Diego Moises has looked like a killer in his last couple of fights. Um, so, yeah, that's another, that's, you know what, that could be potentially another fight of the night as well. Randy Brown still knocking about against Alex Oliveira. Another Alex Oliveira is another veteran at welterweight who will fight anyone. Um, that should be a good scrap. Uh, women's bantamweight Alexis Davis, veteran of women's MMA against Sabina Mezzo. Um, Alexis Davis has just has been around forever, man. She'll yeah, that'll be a good fight. William Knight, who's a beast, absolute beast against Alonzo Men Menifield. Another great fight there. Uh, Rayoni Barcelos against Marcelo Rojo. Barcelos, Barcelos is a beast, an absolute beast. That guy can fucking scrap. Very good striker. Yeah, uh, really fun. Just fun. Fun-filled card next weekend, man. Like, really looking forward to seeing that. I see a lot of finishes on this card. Uh, I might have just jinxed it there, actually, saying that. I shouldn't have said that, but I see a lot of finishes on this card and a lot of fucking standout fights. So, yeah, if you get a chance to watch it, tune in. I'll give you my take on it next week. Um, also, next week, I'm going to talk a lot about one event that's coming up, which might, in my opinion, by the look of it, is going to be card of the year. I'm not going to talk about it too much at the minute, but um, Saturday, March 6th, we've got UFC 259, man, and that card is stacked. Like, stacked. Three title fights. Jan Blachowicz versus Israel Adesanya for the 205 belt. Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson for the women's featherweight belt. Petra Jan versus Algernon Sterling for the bantamweight title. Man, it, they're the three fights at the top of the card. Then you've got I'm not going to go into it because I'll end up going off on one. But that whole card is absolutely stacked start to finish. The early prelims on Fight Pass are fucking amazing. So, yeah, that's going to be next week's big topic of conversation. So tune in for that without a doubt. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to call it there for today. Uh, if it's your first time listening, go, go follow me on Instagram, Facebook. A couple of posts go up there each week. Uh, it'll let you know when shows are on and what times and all that. Uh, massive thanks to JMA Radio as always and everyone who's on this on the station. Hope you're all keeping all right. Keep playing um, those amazing sets, man. Honestly, you're all killing it. Um, Timmy's Bar and Kitchen, as always, thank you very much for looking after JMA Radio and looking after the community as well. You, you're all doing an awesome job. Um, 
So yeah, keep doing what you're doing as well. But yeah, massive thanks to everyone who's listened and everyone who listens each week, man. Um, also, uh, should be these should should be getting uploaded every Friday to uh, Spotify, iTunes, Pocket Cast. They should be all on there. So please, if you miss a show, don't worry. Nip to Spotify, Pocket Cast, and iTunes on a Friday. The show should be uploaded at some point that day. Give it a listen. Give me a message. Let me know what you thought. Uh, leave a comment. Yeah. But yeah, that's me for today, man. Um, enjoy yourselves. Look after yourselves. Have a great week. Uh, yeah. And I'll see you next week, guys. All right. Bye-bye.